Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we have such a special guest with us. We do. So excited. We have Christina with us, and you may know her as Little Black Anger. Uh, that's how we knew her as. And uh, for the record, Lori's crashing my coffee talk. Let's just throw that out there. Yes, I'm sorry. If you haven't noticed, this is my off week. But when I heard that Christina was going to be on the podcast, I like had to jump on because I've loved her for so long. And I messaged her last night and I was like, I can't believe I'm going to miss you. So I decided not to miss you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. it. So, um, Christina is a vintage seller. She's a clothing reseller. So she does hard goods. She does clothing. She's a little bit of everything. And I'm excited for you guys to get to know her. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, Christina, welcome to Thrifters Villa, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I don't think I can tell you how excited. Like, I am super excited that you even said yes. I was like, oh my God, okay, this is awesome. (laughs) Someone who I've admired. Laid back. (laughs) Oh, super laid back. Super laid back. We don't have scripts. We got nothing here. It's just me and Lori. (laughs) It's refreshing, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't it. like scripts here. When we try to do scripts, we mess it up, so we don't bother. Yeah, outline, loose outline. That's what we go with, Christina. Yeah, yeah just so there might be some people listening today that don't know who you are, Christina. And uh, I think you know, if you get a little brief introduction about who you are, how you got started, why reselling, and you know, just a little bit of that. Okay. Um, well, as you said, I started as a little black hanger. I really wanted um, to just start a brand right out right out the gate. Um, I knew that um, I was going to really dive into reselling and um, just try. I, I've always been more on the creative side of things. I love, you know, art and music and all and clothing and everything to do with with the arts and, and creative um, style. So uh, that's why I started out as Little Black Hanger. Um, yeah. And I, then I started, well, I guess I started reselling because, uh, I had quit my job in the makeup industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a makeup artist for six years and, oh. um, I, Where did you do makeup? Well, I freelanced for the longest time and then okay. I worked, um, at Ulta as one of their makeup artists. Nice. Um, so that was, that was good. But after that, it just, I, I got, um, uninspired by it. And it just kind of sucked the life out of, you know, that passion that I had once had for that, um, was completely gone. So I decided to move on and I didn't really want to work for anyone. I just wanted to do my own thing, make my own rules. So reselling allowed me to do that. Um, and then I started the YouTube channel, um, just to get a little more creative with it. And then I just fell in love with YouTube and uh, that kind of led me to the vintage side because I I loved learning about vintage and I was actually inspired by American pickers. Um, I love how when they're when they're out picking, they tell you the history of the piece right then and there, yeah, uh, which is cool. And I really really enjoy that. And I noticed um, we briefly talked about this uh, that there was a lack of uh, just teaching 
um, or, you know, any type of learning or educational videos on vintage. So I just took it and ran with it. And now I'm here. <laughs> I feel, feel like it's I, so nice to have seen the evolution of where you started because Daniela and I both started watching you as Little Black Hanger. And then I remember when you transitioned and talking about makeup artistry and how you kind of lost your passion for it. And then I don't know, kind of having a little low before you came out as, you know, you took your name back and I don't know, it's this huge transformation. And I feel like you were always, you always loved vintage, but I feel like when you really embraced it, it, it just like boomed. It was, it was incredible. I have to yeah. say too, even the photography that you've been doing and you've been posting, like you can just see that love that you have for the creativity and um, just the certain looks that you're putting out there. I just, I love it. So like between you and Laura, um, Laura Von V, like both of oh. you, when it comes to vintage, it's like, okay, yes. Like I could watch them all day learn and all day long and learn so much from both of them because both of you have just embraced vintage, the, the style yeah. of it the essence of it, the history behind the pieces, you know, all of that. And I admire people like you. Well, and I yeah. love Laura. Laura inspires me every oh, day. She's amazing. <laughs> she is amazing, Laura. She really is. I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> her, her photography is, is on point, I have to say. But yours is too. Yours is too. She's, I think that artistic... That artistic vibe runs through both of you. And I wonder, like, yeah. the correlation between just being kind of artsy and the flair for vintage fashion, um, there's definitely a connection there. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. So let's talk about when it comes to vintage selling, because I'm sure some people that are listening either want to try vintage or have tried vintage and haven't been successful with it. Like, I know for me in particular, I always want to try it. Um, but then I kind of hesitate or I'm not sure, or, well, I don't, I don't really sell vintage, so I don't really know how this is going to go for me. So let's say someone's listening and they want to get into vintage, but they don't really know how to start. How would you help lead someone in that direction? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. My like, instinct is to say, just do it. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Just pick up the piece do and it, do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. I know. Um, have fun with it. Don't, um, I feel like, you know, with anything, you get scared, you, you get in your own head or, uh, we're, you know, we're our own worst enemies when it comes to that stuff. Um, but, uh, I would say just go on YouTube, type in, it, just start by watching vintage hauls, just kind of get the feel for what vintage looks like. That's the easiest, um, way to really start dipping your toes into it. Um, because when you're in the thrift store, that, that's the, obviously you're seeing it. That's the first thing. Um, so once you get to know like those styles, that it, it will start coming really easily to you. And then of course, um, you know, there's plenty of websites like uh, Vintage Fashion Guild that I use uh, for labels. Okay. Uh, when it comes to vintage oh, labels, yes. they have a huge catalog on there, um, and you can type in pretty much any brand. Um, that you can think of and it will show you pictures of the labels throughout the decades mm -hmm. um, so I would encourage you know someone who's trying to get into vintage to take a look at that and just kind of browse and see so you can get familiar with what a vintage tag looks like um, and that'll make it easier for for sourcing awesome I'll put that link in the show notes too for you guys so you can um 
click around and type in different names and see what comes up. Because speaking of that, the other day, I didn't know that there was a website that would show vintage labels. I was looking at a bunch of vintage pieces and I just, and I knew the piece was older, but I really didn't know what era it was from. So that'll right. be useful for me to just kind of have bookmarked on my phone while I'm outsourcing and I can just enter something in quick and take a look. Yeah, that that website is a huge lifesaver. I I mean, I still use it <laughs> every yeah. day. Yeah. Do you think, I have so many questions for Christine, I'm just going to throw this out there because I want to pick up <laughs> when it comes to vintage and I just love her. Um, when it comes to vintage, do you enjoy hard goods or clothing? Ooh. Uh-huh. Mm, I don't. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I go, you used I go to sell on Etsy, <laughs> right? You were solely doing hard goods on Etsy at one point. What was the I name was, of your Etsy shop? Um, I love the name. Vintage. Yes, I loved that. Yeah, it means second chance. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, um, and but that was before Poshmark had a hard goods market. Right. So once that right. hit, it was over because that's so much oh, easier. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. So much easier. Mm-hmm. Shipping is. Just, How do you do with hard goods on Poshmark? I do pretty good. Um, I. I'll say that some things probably would sell better on, on Etsy or eBay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it's just a shipping thing. I'm so spoiled. <laughs> We're all and spoiled it's by so Poshmark. True. It's so true. When, when you are predominantly a Poshmark seller and then you have to venture these other platforms and then you have to worry about shipping, it's not fun. Yeah. Shipping is just a pain and I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I know Lori's picked up hard. I'm not a big hard goods person, but today, I and maybe it was because we were having this episode tonight. I was looking through mm-hmm. the hard goods section. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna pick up some pieces. I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." I, I get in moods. There, you know, sometimes I'm all about hard go- hard goods, and I don't, I don't even go in the clothing section. Sometimes I go in a thrift store, don't even touch clothing. Oh, I don't um, know if I could do that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> other, other times, I don't even go in the hard goods section I'll just go in the club it just depends on you know the, the kind of mood that I'm in better. does clothing sell better for you would you say um I would say it's about 50 50 in the beginning what? it was definitely clothing was the main but I I'm picking up a lot more hard goods now too so that could have a lot to do to do with it um but I, I've found that a lot of people will bundle both hard goods and clothing on oh. Poshmark, which is nice. That's nice because then your clothing can be like packing material exactly. for you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. <laughs> I was actually I shocked. I, I recently did an estate sale haul and it was primarily all vintage stuff. And I was pretty excited about it. And I feel like I have an eye for it. And mm-hmm. You know, if if the cost is low, I don't mind taking a chance. And, you know, you can read labels and you can see fabric content and you can get a feel for, you know, what might be good quality or whatnot. So I just, I mean, I picked up, I don't know, let's say 15 items. I was shocked by the response of my YouTube audience, how, how I had so many direct sales from that particular haul. Like, I feel really? like the, people want vintage. You know, I did the yeah. haul and then. You know, I had like this George Michael Faith sweatshirt that sold for $60. I had this just fabric and this Indian like muumuu dress and just yeah. so many things just sold immediately. And I was 
shocked. I was shocked. And so since that video, I've been trying to pick up a little bit more and I have a video coming out soon about fall trends that is like a vintage edition. So I'm nervous about it because I've just been like hand selecting pieces and I'm, I'm totally not there yet. I think I need like another two weeks, <laughs> but um, oh, no, you got this. in fashion now and then use it with vintage pieces that I've picked up. But it's, it's a huge learning curve, but it's exciting. It's fun to learn, you know, but there, there's so much to learn. Yeah. Oh, so much. It, it never stops you know, hmm. there's no way to possibly know everything. So no. that's fun to me though. <laughs> so go ahead, Lori. I was just gonna say, do you have a specific aesthetic like cottage core or Victorian, or is there like an era that like is really inspiring you right now? Ooh. Um, you know, I do, I do love the cottage core trend and I do love Victorian style um, for me, it's not my personal style, uh, but I do enjoy playing with it. And, you know, um, I don't know if you guys watch Beth, uh, what's her last name? I'll have to look it up. Um, anyways, she's a fashion channel and, uh, she does primarily vintage. Um, and she, and she has a little tagline, B Jones. Yes. <laughs> Always play dress up. Always play dress up. Yeah. So I, I love playing with that aesthetic. Um, it's not my personal one, but um, one that's really inspiring right, me right now is the academia trend. Mm, mm -hmm. oh, it's yeah. kind of, I guess it's the new hipster, but it's, I don't know, it's sophisticated, but it's kind of a little grunge too. I was gonna say, it's a little like, like goth. It's like what goth used to be when I was in high school, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like yeah. that grungy goth feeling, but still a classic yeah. I guess it's like sophisticated it's like grown up I feel up. like that totally suits you Christina I can see yes that. it is Christina 100% <laughs> oh I'm an emo kid at heart so <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all um with the pandemic and everything right how has that shifted or has it shifted your business because like, I don't know how vintage does when stuff like this happens. Like, this has never happened before. No one's been through a pandemic right. as a reseller. So did you notice anything with your sales? Oh, hugely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like, I, I mean, I feel like everyone has, even if you sell name brands. Yeah. Um, mm. Because, it, you know, it's it's clothing and people were, you know, are still, but especially in the beginning, worried about money and people were losing their jobs. Um, so clothing is not at the forefront of their mind <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. during that time. So yeah, I definitely, definitely took a big hit. It's starting to get better. Did but, you, you know. pivot in any way? Like, did you stop selling certain things? Um, yes. And I actually started selling name brand stuff again. <laughs> I thought you mentioned that in a video. And like just different things. Like um, I had some, those little pop figures, uh, yeah, the yeah. Funko pop yeah. figures. I had some of those that I had collected and I, I have no use for them anymore. So I just threw them on eBay. Um, you know, just anything that I could get my hands on, really, I stopped being so picky and stopped yeah. uh, <laughs> really had, it took a lot out of me too, because I am very much a, an aesthetics person. Like I like everything to kind of have a cohesive look yeah um and it's really hard for me to uh sell things that I'm not inspired by or yeah. that I don't love so 
you know. But when you got to pay it, the bills, you're like, but you when know. you got, yeah, when exactly. you got to eat, you got to eat. So. Yeah. So true. So true. I always find it fascinating that people, you know, when they sell vintage, they sell vintage and they pretty much stay in that realm where I feel like some other people like me, for example, I kind of sell a little bit of everything. Like I try mm-hmm. to dabble in vintage. I sell a lot of modern stuff, but like I'm kind of all over the place. I don't yeah. focus I think on there's, that vintage is so interesting that the more yeah. you do it, the more you want to do it. Cause there's so much to learn. And it's like, how much can we really learn about an anthropology brand at this point? You know, but right. I think when you delve in, um, you know, when you find a brand and you're like, oh, this looks interesting. And then you go down that like vintage rabbit hole and then you see it again when you're out. I, I don't know. I feel like it kind of sucks you in a little more. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It definitely spices things up, keeps it interesting. Cause it's, it's different every time. Each piece is unique. I've never found the same piece twice, but right. I've found the same mm-hmm. free people top twice. <laughs> uh, hundreds of times, right? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. Are you on Depop? I know that's like a vintage seller place too. I am. Uh, Depop is is weird. <laughs> it's it's like, a weird platform. Yeah. I don't know much it's, about it's, it. It's a lot younger. It's like the Gen Z platform. Uh-huh. Um, and they're doing their thing. And oh, there's a ton of, you know, Gen Z sellers on Depop that are, you know, they're killing it. And they're making a ton of money. Um, I'm like, mom, you should shop on, you should sell on Depop. I'm like, I would fail miserably, children. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I love it. I feel like, I, yeah, all all the kids are are shopping on Depop, but uh, so it's a, definitely a different kind of like customer base. Um, you get a lot uh, lower offers over there um, because it's primarily teenagers, right? And I yeah, guess. it's. I do. I make some when I do make a sale over there. I do make some pretty decent ones, um, but not they're not very often. <laughs> and it's a yeah. specific style that sells over there. Huh. It always fascinates me when I see listings for Depop and I'm like, oh, this is cool. People are modeling their stuff. And like, I can't model my stuff. Like, I, I, I just... Doesn't fit, doesn't fit me. I can't model it. <laughs> you know, I can hang it on a wall. Right. You know, sometimes I wish I didn't model because it, it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But I see, I like when I see people like you and Laura who model their stuff. It just brings the piece to life when I see it like that. Mm-hmm. It really does. It does. And, and I then I fall in love with really stuff and keep it. it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Lori? It's one of my goals. One of my goals this year is to try to model after I lose 20 pounds. No, I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like it does add something, whether you're, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of plus size models out there as well, but for whatever reason, I haven't gotten it. Cause I'm like overweight and old. So like that is oh like, my like God. Oh, stop. stop it. <laughs> No, no, no. I don't, I'm not even saying that. Like I'm saying a little jokingly, but you know, I think it, it, it adds a challenge, I guess I would say, but I definitely want to do it and just represent my people. That's why I want to do it. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would like to, if I had the space, that's the other part too, is I just don't have the space right now to do that. So yeah, it makes it difficult. Um, have you ever, either one of you, have you ever watched the YouTube channel? Um, what, what we wore, I think it's called. What you we told wore? me about that a while ago. Oh my God. I love her. Christina, have you ever watched her? I don't think so. Okay. So she is a, she has a brick and mortar in Los Angeles. 
Um, and she goes through each piece. She highlights different pieces and different designers and goes through the history of the piece. And she has some pieces on display and she explains the construction of the pieces. Um, she has, a, you can go and shop her store. You can purchase things online or go in her store and buy them. And then she also has like movie producers and actors that come in and they, you know, pick up different pieces for inspiration. And she is just fascinating to watch. Fascinating. Awesome. And someday I'd love to go to her store. Oh yeah. Mm. I want to be her. Right? <laughs> How do we get totally that good? <laughs> how do we do that i'm gonna have to check her out yeah it's it is fascinating i love just sitting and listening to her and learning about the different brands um i actually had this idea with the podcast at some point in time doing episodes where like we talk about different brands but like i'm not confident enough to do something like that because i don't know like i want to discuss a brand in detail and like it would take i, I mean i have a full-time job so it's hard for me to right. sit down and do all that but if I, I had the time, just dig a little deep. If you, if you take like Christian Dior and you just, you know, when was the company founded? And yep. then like, I, I think that there are some, you could even scratch the surface without going like too crazy deep. And I think people would learn more than you think they would, you know, just, just by looking up on Wikipedia, two paragraphs on a company. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this is why Christina needs to do something in the community <laughs> with her expertise He's doing something every day. Yep. Chris, oh, yeah. Tell me, talk a little bit about YouTube and how that has evolved for you as your business model has shifted a little bit. Who YouTube. Um, <laughs> I have a mixed relationship with YouTube at the moment. Um, I think Lori does I, too. Yeah, yeah. I love YouTube, but it it is a lot of work and it's yeah. a lot of extra, you know, and it's just me. <laughs> So it would be nice to have like an editor or something that would be helpful. But uh, that's why I dropped down to, for those who don't know, I dropped down to one video a week and I took myself off a YouTube schedule. Um, In the beginning, when I first started the YouTube channel is when I first started reselling and I just wanted to do it for fun. I didn't really think it was going to turn into anything. Um, and I committed to the Wednesday, every Wednesday and Friday upload schedule. Um, and it was easy for me then, um, because things were just starting to grow and things weren't as hectic as they are now. Um, but as it started to grow, um, it, it became, you know, a lot of work. So, and, you know, I'm very transparent about mental health and, um, yeah, it just really started to wear on me. So I dropped down to one video a week and I really just want to focus on now videos that, first of all, that I love and that I enjoy doing, but also that are going to be helpful and not just filler videos. Um, you know, I'm still going to do like vlogs and stuff cause those are fun and people enjoy those. Um, but I do really want to hone in on the educational side and continue to do those history of videos um, where I talk about, you know, one specific brand and go into detail about its history. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of in the in the limbo stage of where my YouTube channel is going, but it's definitely on the up and up. <laughs> Well, I think we all evolve, right? As time goes on, like you start something one way and then as things happen in life, right? And um, we just change, things about us change and our outlook on certain things change. 
So, you know, I, I'm very excited to see the direction that your YouTube channel goes in. I'm very excited for it. It is crazy you know to I look, about look it, back Christina? on videos. Oh, yeah. It's crazy to look back on stuff. I love that what you're doing now, I feel like, is evergreen content in that it just, it doesn't go out of style. Like I, I think of halls. I remember the hall when I found Lori Goldstein for the first time. And I was like, this is yeah. the softest stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard of this brand before. <laughs> you yeah. know, I feel like if people look at that now, they're like home shopping network, honey. Um, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm saying that when you go over like the history of like different sleeves, like that's not going to change. And I feel like that sort of content just grows over time as opposed to you know people it's going to be less and less relevant your stuff I think will stay relevant for so long and it's you'll become like a reference like some that's what you are to me right now like you're right. you're the vintage chick like let me go see what she's yeah. doing you know let me check out Laura's page <laughs> yeah Water. and I love that that content will just kind of be around for a long time and people will be able to look at it years down the road as opposed to a haul video right well, and that's, that's the goal now with my channel is I, I want to keep creating content like that. Um, and also, you know, as creators yourselves, it's, it can be kind of a pressure to come up with new concepts for videos and new ideas and something, you know, that people are going to want to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really thankful that I, you know, found this, this niche and this avenue. It makes me happy. And it's also, you know, proving to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm on your YouTube channel right now and I'm just going to throw this out that your fall and winter 2020, 2021 fashion trends, by the way, it was an amazing video, but it has 10,000 views on it, which yeah. alone shows you that people are looking for that kind of content. They want to see yeah, how right. you can use all these different trends and make an outfit, whether it's with modern pieces or with vintage pieces. Yeah. That's that, the kind of stuff people want. That number is crazy to me. And it's funny that you brought that video up too. The first video that I ever did like that was a fall and winter's trends. I think it was 2018. Um, and it now has, I think like 80,000 views, which is insane. Wow. I had to turn off the comments because <laughs> wow. it just became like over, it like blew up. It's the one video that on my channel that just like completely took off and it, it scared me honestly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. That's like, that's perfect for you to like plan out your content. Okay. If this, if yeah. these two videos have thousands of views on it, then this is clearly something that you can tap into. Like this is your market to tap into and to grow your channel outside of just reselling, right? Like obviously you right. cater to the reselling world, but now you're talking to the fashion world as well, or people right. that maybe are trying to learn how to style um, their vintage pieces that they're finding in the thrift store. And let's right. say they can't shop at department stores anymore. They can't shop like they used to because they don't have a job anymore, right? And they're trying to be um, sustainable and they're trying to really watch their budgets and they want to look fashionable and they want to follow the trends, but they don't know how. And right. this is like the perfect way to do it. Yeah, that's, what, that's really what led me in the educational direction, because I just, I realized there was such a, a huge need for it. And even like, as myself, you know, I watch YouTube videos, probably more than I watch TV, yes, or same. movies. <laughs> so, you know, and as someone who's also trying to learn, uh, there was just such a, a lack of educational videos, especially in the vintage world. Um, but it just fashion in general. Yeah, fashion is just a fascinating 
because there's so many facets of fashion. It's right. not just the things that we see on Instagram, right? There's just so many, so many worlds and realms. Right. And it's yeah. so unique to the individual. I'm just exactly. scrolling through your YouTube page right and now. And I love what's videos. nice, Christina, too, about how that video has taken off is, is yes, what, what Daniela said about like catering to that audience, but what's, what's even nicer than that is that that's what you're passionate about and that those two things intersected, you yeah, know, right. like that it, it's something that kind of blew up for you. And it was also what really spoke to your heart and where you want to go in the future. And isn't that so nice? Oh, it's the biggest payoff when I do a video that I'm super proud of. And even, you know, in the comments section of that video, people were like, you can tell how happy you are in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really inspired me to just keep doing that. It's, it's such a huge, you know, reward when something that you love doing pays off. And it's resonating with your audience and, and new, right. people, new people are finding you and learning, learning who you are and what you're all about. I love it. I love you get watching your videos. so quickly on YouTube too, for better or for worse, but you do get yeah. the feedback. Quickly. And <laughs> yeah. so when people, you know, when people are responding to you, it's, it's nice to have it almost in, in real time, basically, you know, because most of the comments are coming in like that first week, two, three weeks, or I'm sure in the case with the video with 80,000 views, like you said, they continue to come in. It does get, you do get a little anxious when you can't keep up sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That video, I had to turn the comments off because <laughs> like, like you said, for yeah. better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get all the feedback. Right. With that many eyes, there's bound to be a few um, nasty comments. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's bound to happen, right? When when a video yeah. blows up like that, I have a tiny little YouTube channel and it's, it's, a, I haven't gotten a nasty comment yet, but I'm sure it'll come in the future. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure I don't happen. get them. I don't get them very often. Um, thankfully I, I have a really good, um, community of people who, who watch me, but, um, when I do get them, I try, you know, I try not to let it get to me. I, <laughs> I've tried to develop a thick skin, but sometimes. It's hard. It gets you sometimes. You know what's nice though is when the people on your channel they go to bat for you and yeah. they like oh it. yeah. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. Somebody says something mean, it's like don't mess with her. You know, everybody goes oh, in. Yeah. It's, it's nice it's, too. It's actually yeah, it is nice. And it's funny because I used to delete comments like that. Um, but sometimes I just leave them up and just let them <laughs> have at it. <laughs> let them have at it. <laughs> I hear you. So let's non-reselling related. Let's talk about the mental health aspect that you've been promoting on social media mm-hmm. and on your channel as well. And um, why, why it's so important to you to talk about it. I, I have, I think it's important to talk about because of children that I've worked with in the past and uh, dealing with adolescents with, um, you know, various um, concerns. Right. I don't necessarily talk about it because my channel and my Instagram is focused on reselling. Um, But when you came out with that, it made me think like I need to diversify my content a little bit more and be a little more human and not so much just focused on one aspect of what I'm doing on this business page. Um, So you coming out with that inspired me to talk about other things because I think it's important and we're not just robots just working on a business 24 seven. Right. Yeah. And that, that right there 
is exactly why I started talking about it and being open with it. I'm also not the type of person who can, I'm not very good at faking yeah. emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would find myself, and it's, it's actually kind of hard for me to look back on some videos because I can tell um, and I know that other people could tell too, because they've reached out to me and asked me if I was okay yeah. um, after that video. And I can just, I can tell when I'm faking it. And um, I don't, I, I, I'm just not good at hiding things. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it also, it is so important to talk about because it, it lets people know that they're, they're not alone. They don't have to suffer behind the scenes. Um, it is a very, mental illness is a very real thing and something that a lot of people struggle with but it's funny because so many people struggle with it yet so many people still feel alone Mm -hmm. in it um so I think that's why it's important for me to to be open about it and and let people know that yes this is a dream job we get to sell clothing for a living we get to sell home goods for a living we get to work from home um and you know it's it's a dream but also there is a flip side to that and social media can be very at least for me it can be very draining yep. seeing you know seeing all these beautiful pictures and you know everybody seems to be doing so good and you know they're packaging in my corner up. struggling <laughs> right yeah and um i don't think there's enough uh, reality on on social media so I it was just something that I was tired of so I was like okay well be the light you wish to see in the world just yeah do it <laughs> yeah it's great I think it was brave what you did and I think um I, I'm sure you reached a lot of people j- just in talking about it and I feel like the stigma of having mental health issues is starting to subside. I mean, I feel like in my circle alone, um, you know, there are people in my world who have struggled with it, who are now like, yeah, well, you know what, that's my anxiety. And that's what Celex is for. (laughs) Like joking about like, not to make light of it in any way, shape or form. Um, I just mean that I feel like it's being a little bit more normalized recently. And I think it's people like you who people look up to who are actually talking about stuff and talking about a struggle and connecting with people that's making it a little bit more normal. I mean, my kids also say like, they like TikTok over Instagram because Instagram is so fake, you know? And they say, we like TikTok because nobody's trying to impress anybody. No one's worried about the angle of their camera. I mean, obviously some of them are highly, you know, um, right orchestrated, but a lot of it is just off the cuff stuff. And I think a lot of people are craving that right now and craving a little vulnerability and somebody to relate to. So I think for all those reasons, it's been a one, it's been, it's been great. And how have you felt as a result of sharing your story? It's honestly, it, I don't know if people realize that it helps me just as much as people are saying that it's helping them. Yeah. Um, because it also, you know, I have people reach out to me all the time and, and tell me their stories and tell me about how they, you know, could relate to what I was saying. And that also helps me to not feel alone as well, because, you know, it can be very, this job, especially if you're a full-time reseller is very isolating and you kind of just, you have to force yourself to, you know, get out and be social or, you know, talk to other resellers. 
uh, and that doesn't come very naturally to me. Uh, believe it or not, I have pretty high social anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a struggle for me. So when, you know, I started talking about my mental health and I started being more open with it, that's when I, I found my people <laughs> within the awesome. community. And, and I really loved that. Yeah, I think, um, now I'm a part-time reseller, I'm not full-time. However, I can see how lonely it can be and how difficult it can be to make certain business decisions or, um, you know, just to bounce ideas off of someone. Because I know at, when I'm at work, I'm often going to one of my coworkers' desks asking questions like, what do you think about this? Should we approach it this way? You know, what if we word it like this? Um, especially because we're dealing with a lot of policies and stuff. So, you know, it's always a group effort. So I can, I can see how that can be lonely because when I'm at work and no one's there and I don't have anyone to bounce anything off of and I have to just make a decision and hope that it's okay with the executive team, you know, there's right. always this, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it and see what happens. And I know Lori, you recently, um, our friend Hope was with Lori. And I know you had mentioned in your YouTube video that it was nice to have someone with you just to bounce ideas off of yeah, it really was. And just listening to you say that and thinking of this silly what sold video that in my own brain, I said has to be put out at 6pm tonight, because that's when I release videos. As soon as you said, Christina, that you gave mm -hmm. up your schedule, I like took it, I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds so nice. Because I do Wednesday and Sunday videos. And it's been challenging since my family came home in March, you know, and I'm right. like, nobody else. I mean, people care. I don't say that in a snarky way, but nobody really cares if my video goes out tonight at 6 p.m. or tomorrow at 10 a.m. Like it's the world's not going to end. And I think when you're like a sole proprietor, like I just put that pressure on myself. Yeah. And then you also have to be the person to give yourself permission to step away from something when you know it's, you know, you're inside your head and you can't get out of it. And I, and yeah, so like, I, I do think just last week having a friend uh, who's also a reseller from out of town here and just spending hours upon hours with her and just talking like just little things, like she showed me a new photo app and she showed me how to do something on my phone, on my camera that I've been struggling with for a really long time. And we talked about different ways we set up our pictures and just our YouTube channels. And yeah, like to just have that open conversation with someone it was, it was actually a huge treat to me because, you know, my husband's an accountant. He can only listen to me talk about YouTube so much yeah. in a day. <laughs> no, truthfully, I mean, we're both home full time now. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm like, now I'm your work wife and your wife wife, you know, right. <laughs> because, right. because we talk to each other all day and we're doing a great job. But at times it's just like, I, I would love somebody else to talk to right now. Yeah. And I think for me personally, I struggle with the social media aspect of it all because I just, I try to spend less than like an hour to an hour and a half total throughout a day on Instagram on the reselling side of it all. Cause I have a personal page, which is just like my high school friends and just friends in general that I have or family. And I try not to go on the reselling page as often as I was in the beginning. Cause I felt like I had to be on it in the beginning. Like I had to constantly oh, be yeah. on Instagram. I had to constantly research and look up the newest, coolest resellers that were out there. And what are they selling? You know, like that whole mentality behind it. And like, since the pandemic happened, because I do work for the state, I work in the unemployment and temporary disability units. Um, I like, it totally shifted my perspective on it all. And 
I struggle with the social media side because I feel like it's always a competition, even though it's really not, I'm making it a competition in my head right. and I don't need to do that. Like I need to just stop and step away and just focus on what's most important to me, which is growing my business in all aspects and making enough money to pay off my debts and save money to buy a house. Like those are my goals. And I need to just keep reminding myself that. So I recently mm -hmm. bought the passion planner. Thanks to Lori. Um, <laughs> and on every page I've put my top three goals on it and I just have them highlighted. So I constantly look at it and I'm just constantly yeah. reminding myself, like, these are your top three priorities. This is why you're doing what you're doing. Right. And everything else. Kind of stay the course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to do that. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really helped me. And I know it sounds so silly, but it's like, I have it on my phone. I have it in my planner. Like I have it in places that I'm always looking at. And it's just a constant reminder for myself. It's classical conditioning, right? Like basic psychology. The more you see right. something, the more you're going to, you know, um, be in tune with it and, and act on it. So it's just a reminder to me that I don't need social media to sell items. Is it helpful? No. Yeah. I mean, of course it is. Once you grow a following, it is helpful. Um, right. But is it a necessity? Do you need 20,000 followers? No, you don't need it. Is it nice to have? Yeah, of course. But it's right. not a necessity to me right now. This is a way for me to have a part-time job where I'm my own boss, I'm not working in a retail store or wherever else I'd want to work at. I'm not slaving away, you know, endless hours, giving everything up. Like what I'm doing uh, when I get home from work or on the weekend, I'm enjoying, it's fun to me. I want it to stay fun, um, right. but still be able to make extra income that I can rely on for the things that I want to accomplish. So that's my stance. When yeah, it comes I think that if, if social media is your struggle, Daniela, then that's, then, you know, it's good that like you have the positive affirmations in place to, to try to keep you focused on like what makes you happy and what your goals are. Yeah. You know, I also think that sometimes the growth comes when you're doing what you love and you can put the blinders on in a sense, like Christina did, like just kind of finding what really made you happy, stepping away from um, what felt like more like a job, like things you had to do and tapping into just what really truly makes you happy. And then I feel like the growth happens because you just, you're kind of putting out a vibe that attracts people to you. That's yeah. my theory. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why I stopped making, videos for right now on YouTube and I'm just doing like the reseller hangout thing. It's more fun to me. I can sit down and have a conversation with friends and friends come on the chat kind of thing. And like, that's more me having the conversations with people and still being educational in different aspects, but just talking. Uh, you have to do what right. works for you. Yeah. Christine, I'm curious, how, how did the move from, you were in, were you in Orlando? I was or in just, West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. Okay. So when you moved from Florida to Georgia, um, did you have like a ton of inventory that you had to take with you? And how, how did that whole transition affect your um, job? It definitely, my sourcing spots <laughs> oh, yeah. and the stuff that I was able to find, it definitely shifted. Um, it's just a whole, it's two completely different worlds. So, um, I, I did bring everything with me. I didn't really have like a big blowout sale. I keep a pretty low inventory anyways, because I, I do have a small space. Um, so I, I like to have a good just turnaround time um, and just keep it moving. But uh, yeah, I would say the, the main shift was sourcing and the items that I was able to find. 
um, I would actually say that it was a, it was a good shift. I, I was going to say better or worse in Georgia. I think it's better for vintage. Good. Good. Brand names was definitely better in, in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, vintage definitely has been treating me very well. <laughs> That's good. It's so good. Do you have a favorite vintage piece that you found or just piece in general that like really makes you smile or was like a great sale or that you kept for yourself? Ooh. Um, Are you chasing one when you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, <laughs> I do have one, the uh, 1980s, I think I featured it in a, in a haul. Um, it's a 1980s all sequin dress but it's in a 1920s flapper dress style it is just beautiful Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think I could ever sell it the back is beautiful it's just stunning I've never uh, I'll probably only ever wear it for like Halloween but I I can't get rid of it I'm too attached to it oh I love it Um, and then I have a 1970s uh granny square crochet blanket that I have just been on the hunt forever for and finding one in the condition where it doesn't have a ton of holes in it is hard and then you know trying to find them online they're like 150 dollars and I actually found one at a goodwill um in just a pile of linens for three dollars and I was so excited (laughs) wow so exciting I feel like I need to pay attention to those blankets right now. Oh yeah, they blankets actually sell for a pretty decent amount. I believe it. I mean, in some of those, like the granny squares that you're mentioning, just all the work that went into them, and you know, I think you're seeing you were seeing things like at Anthropology, like blankets that look like that, and they're super expensive. Maybe they're handmade as well, but. Right. to know that somebody actually made it. I think that's part, that's the part of vintage that I love the most is just thinking of the story. Like, who is this made for? Was it passed down? Like, you know, how long was this person knitting or just all the history when you look at a shirt, like the, what's the book about the traveling pants? Like just the kind of the traveling pants of the traveling pants or just like the, the story that goes into each piece, I think is the most exciting yeah. thing. That's why I I love vintage. My, I was just at my mom's house visiting. She lives in North Georgia and um, she, I guess my aunt had found this fur coat at a thrift store a few years ago and she gave it to my mom to hold on to for me. And it's just stunning. It's in such good condition. I've never seen one like, you know, in that good of condition and be that old. Um, At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And inside, there was stitched in the pocket the name Marilyn Jones. And I just thought about, I'm like, what a classy lady she probably was. Just the name (laughs) alone. Yes. And I put that coat on and I was just like, oh, it was so good. (laughs) It was a moment. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. I love that story. I love it. So here's a question. Do you sell fur? Hmm. Um, I've never sold fur. Okay. This is definitely my first encounter with with fur. 
Um, I definitely do not support the fur industry. Right. Um, when it comes to vintage fur, I mean, it's it's already been done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is my stance on it and um if I can save it from going into a landfill where it's just gonna disintegrate and you know that happened in vain then I'm you know I'm I'm open to it (laughs) I don't come across them in very good condition usually though the reason I asked is because Lori uh, I'm like was that a weird (laughs) (laughs) this is why I asked I just wanted your opinion on it because I was with Lori with it because Lori's opinion was very similar was you were saving it from the landfill you're giving it another home I had speaking of YouTube comments somebody came at me and um, because I sold a vintage mink um, that was made like in Michigan and same, it had like the embroidered monogram on the inside and it was absolutely beautiful. And I picked it up at a yard sale for $10 and it was someone's mom's and I, it was in my death pile for a year. And then I listed it. There was like a whole story and then it ended up selling and someone was like, um, yeah, I, I believe the quote was, Lori, what is wrong with you? You know, you yeah. are one of the few people I have chosen to continue to watch Oh, and I cannot believe that. It, and I, I, did I leave her a comment? I can't remember. I may have. I think you um, did. I think you did. I think I did. But yeah, yeah I just I, said, um, yeah, I feel that I way. But a- yeah, I feel exactly the same way as you, Christina. The damage yeah, is done. I'm not going to go out buying yeah. her. Right. I'm not Let's honor the animal. <laughs> right. And the money is mm-hmm. not going but- to the maker of that coat. <laughs> right. Actually, it's going to the thrift store or the yard sale or whatever. Right. Um, but people were very heated because I actually took a picture of the the coat and put it on my Instagram just for feedback from people because I just wanted to to gauge like am I really off by selling this um, you know and I was it was interesting I mean not most the majority of people I think felt the same way as the three of us feel on this call but um, there were people who were like you know it just kind of promotes the industry as a whole if somebody else is going to be wearing that one of the the main suggestions was donating them to animal shelters and because they use them for, you know, the animals to snuggle with in a shelter. So that wasn't a bad idea, but there were, there were people who said that in a much classier way. (laughs) Yeah. There's a way to go to go about it. I'm all for gaining perspective, learning new things, you know, teach me something, but teach me in a nice way, please. (laughs) Please be kind. (laughs) Please be nice. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Do you know what I love about your videos? I haven't seen you do it in a while, but like in the old videos, when you like slowed down your voice to emphasize things, you're really, <laughs> you're really funny, Christina. Like you would make me just laugh out loud. Like you're funny, funny. I also <laughs> highly enjoy your videos with wine because I pour myself a glass and drink with you. <laughs> Those are my favorite videos. I don't do them often because I don't want to get flagged on YouTube mm. um, for <laughs> drinking on camera, but they are... <laughs> They are one of uh, my favorite videos to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like a casual little chit chat, kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah, it's spilling the tea. That was one from a while back, or maybe you oh, do a yeah. lot of the tea spilling. One was a good I one. I love, I love spilling tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for me. Do you have any fun tea to spill right now for our listeners? Oh, Bring it on at the moment. <laughs> yeah, what do you have? Bring it on. I, don't know. I feel Anything like I, we... I did spill a, a little tea in the beginning 
that I worked at Ulta because not a, a lot of people have been asking what company I worked for and I've been very quiet about well, you <laughs> heard it here first friends about that company because uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good experience obviously um clearly oh, <laughs> yeah did you ever do anything outside of Ulta with makeup artistry like I'm oh, sure yeah. you did but like once you left Ulta, was there a window that you continued doing makeup before reselling or was it like a beeline from Ulta to Poshmark? Um, actually I, I did, I did do a little bit of, of makeup. Um, I actually tried to start my own makeup line, which is something someone probably, you know, nobody knows. Um, it failed miserably which is fine. Um. It's difficult. It is, that is so difficult to do. Creating a skincare yeah. or makeup especially, but anything in the beauty realm is extremely difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. I found that out the hard way. Yeah. Um, and then I was on Etsy for a little while, just doing um, some like upcycling of thrifted items. And I do, I still love doing that, but it is a lot of work. Like it's, take reselling and just multiply it by a hundred. Mm. Um, so that's what kind of led me down, down the little rabbit hole of, of reselling. What came first, Christina, Etsy or Poshmark for you? Etsy. Etsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It did. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my friends actually introduced me to Poshmark and, you know, I just instantly fell in love because it's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, for me it was eBay, and then it was Etsy, and then it was Poshmark. Mm. And now I have eBay, Etsy, Poshmark, Macari, Tradesy. Yeah, <laughs> just keep Same. all of the above. Everything. Yeah. The only yeah. one I'm not on right now is Depop and Kitizen. Those are the only ones. Oh, I haven't heard of Kitizen. So it's mm. just children's, right, Lori? Just oh. children. It is. I'm, I'm not on the platform, but yes, it's all children's clothing, accessories, yeah, all of the above. I don't all the stuff that doesn't sell for me. Yeah. I, was <laughs> say, I don't think right. it would sell for me. So, or, or I've never dabbled in it or I'm not confident in it. That's what I should say. I have a hard time finding kids clothes that's in, that are in good condition. Yeah. 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 I was just saying on my what's sold video, that's not up right now. Like it should be. <laughs> But, but, I'm not about, but I'm not worried about it. Um, <laughs> We're not going to fire you. It's going to be okay. okay. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> no, honestly, it's not the fact that it didn't go up. It's just the fact that I, the, the number of hours and the time with I the know. apple guy. Um, but anyways, oh my gosh. Uh, so, so you know, all the little picture in the pictures that you do in your what's old videos, I'm just going to vent for 30 seconds. You can start the clock. I promise. No, no, go ahead. You can vent as you want. So I, <laughs> so I'm transitioning from my iPhone to my vlogging camera that I spent money on that I keep telling myself I'm going to use. So I used it and I have a little adapter that now you put the SD card in and it brings the video over. So I did my whole video last night, edited it. And then this morning when I pulled the card out, what I realized what that was that it did, hadn't fully like uploaded to my computer. And after doing three hours of editing and pulling out the SD card, everything went black. Like, like the media never stored on iMedia, Ugh, on iMovie. That's what happened this morning. So then I'm like, okay, it's early, no big deal. So yeah. I went back. 
did it all over again. This time I made sure the videos downloaded. And then so for my drop-in, so that part was fine. Did all the re-editing again, three hours later. And then it came time to do like my B-roll with the music and like putting in my images. I had 60, 55 to 65 images to insert, which screenshot and then airdrop them in. Are you with me? And then, so I brought them all in. It's like a 49 minute obnoxiously long video, bring them all in, you know, picture in picture, you know, set them where I want them while I'm talking. Now it's all done. And I go to export the file. All the pictures turn black, like with the question mark, like they're not there. So then I called Apple and he said, whatever I did this morning, like backed up iMovie. So it wasn't able to accept the pictures as I imported them for, for that. So that, that's where I was. He kind of tried to restore, he could restore the pictures, but he couldn't restore the picture within the picture. So that's where we are now. The video's done, but like I have to import 65 pictures now and put them in the right spot. So how important is it to you to have those pictures there? Well, I mean, it shows you what I sold. I can, I'm describing them in the picture. No, it's fine. It's going to be done. It's just like, it was just like one of those things. Why, why did I go down this rabbit hole? What were we saying before this? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> now I feel bad. I just monopolized that. Um, no, but you're better than me because I would just give up at that point and say, forget it. I'm not putting the pictures in and put a little disclaimer in there. No pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no pictures. pictures. Sorry. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. So I don't know what I was, where we were going with that or what we were saying before that. Now it's all gone. It's okay. Like, technical it's, difficulties, man. Yeah. They're rough. Listen, we have them with the podcast yeah. too. Happens with everything that we do. Yes. Oh yeah. Technology. I'm sure this you. Is can, a, I'm sure you can talk to it would be Nice to have an editor. Would oh you say? Sorry. I was going <laughs> to say. That I'm sure Christina could talk to us about technical difficulties because she does YouTube videos, so she knows the struggle. Oh yeah, I want to throw my laptop out the window at least five times a day. Yeah. See? <laughs> Get very. So you're not alone. And that's another reason why I stopped the YouTube schedule is because, you know, I was getting in that headspace of I have to get this out. I have to do it now. Like, like you were saying, it's not that you want to say like, no one cares, but you do get that, that pressure where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, people are looking forward to, you know, you got people saying, oh, I'm looking forward to the video or, you know, you've been on this routine for so long that people are just expecting it. But at the you know at the end of the day they're not going to be mad at you <laughs> they're going to understand or at least that's been I, my I experience. saying Wednesdays and Sundays and started to say two times a week. Yeah, yeah I think that's it happens, fine. It happens. Yeah, and then people are still going to watch it and they're going to look forward to it. And sometimes it's like a pleasant surprise. You go into YouTube and oh look, there's a new video from Lori. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what people were saying. It's like they didn't even notice like the schedule being gone that there that it was actually a, a nice little surprise. Because now you just never know when I'm going to upload. <laughs> right. Just have to keep refreshing. Right. That's right. It's intermittent gratification. That's like, that's what builds the strongest followers. It's yeah. true. Yeah. That psych experiment where the rats were given food on a schedule and then they expected it every single time, or then they, the rats weren't given any food they weren't given any treats and then they just basically were just like they gave up because they they felt like they had no reason to work for it anymore but the intermittent rewards were what trained the rats the most because they never knew when it was coming so they worked the hardest because at any given moment they could get their treat right 
I wish I could train my cats to not care anymore about trees <laughs> or anything of that nature because they're I have like an oh, internal right. alarm yeah. clock and they know when it's time and they don't stop. <laughs> oh yeah, they meow. We have oh, they don't too, stop, Christina. <laughs> They're persistent, and you're not uh -huh. going to train a cat to do anything it doesn't want to do. <laughs> nope. It, they want their food when they want their food, and they're just going to keep going until you give it to them. And then when you do give it to them, they're going to walk away because they don't care. <laughs> they're awful. They're awful, but I love them. But we still keep coming back for more. that <laughs> too. <laughs> Maybe they have us trained. Um, they definitely do. <laughs> That's they so funny. definitely have me trained. That is for sure. That is for sure. All right. Well, it's been about an hour. And I don't want to take up too much of your time, Christina. I, but I, and I know Lori does too. We really appreciate you coming on. So many people reached out to us. that They were looking forward to hearing this episode, that they all love you. So I want you to know that so many of our listeners sent messages, super excited that you were going to be on. Um, I know Lori and I, are equally as excited to be able to talk to you and connect with you and have this conversation and learn some new stuff about you. Thank you. It was so fun. And I, I love this just laid back atmosphere. It was just like talking to two friends and I, I loved it so much. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Thank and Lori, you. thank you for crashing my coffee talk. You may thank come you on. Thank <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christina, we need to connect again soon. This was really a treat. And, you know, yeah. I think like Daniela said, coming from, you know, you've been, when did you start? When did you start on YouTube? Ooh, I, I feel like you was, were somebody I watched when I first started. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was 2018. All right. Yeah. So that makes sense. I think. Okay. I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been sooner. I don't know. <laughs> the days really just kind of. No, especially now, right? Point. Yeah. yeah, everything just blends. Everything blends. I don't know if it's night or day. Oh, thank you. And you ladies keep doing what you guys are doing. You guys are so inspiring, and I, I love what you're doing. So oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. We, we try to be a little different here, right? You know, we, we try to be real and um, but helpful and educational. You know, we, we do – our following is growing. And uh, I said to Lori tonight, uh, we oh, finally – hit 1,000 average listeners on, on, on every episode, which is amazing. We've only been That's live awesome. since December 31st of last year. So basically it's been, you know, it's been eight, we're going on nine months now that we've been live and it's just crazy how much we've grown and um, just everything. About the it. funny part about that message, Christina, she sent it when I was on the line with the Apple guy and I was sharing the screen with him. <laughs> He was like, hey, congratulations. <laughs> Aww, that's <laughs> like, awesome, though. I just thought, yeah, no, that's, that's exciting. So, all right, Christina, thank you so much. And um, wishing you all the best and all that you do. And I look forward to your next video whenever it comes out. Yes. It will be a welcome <laughs> oh, Before surprise. we go, before we go, Christina, why don't you share your handles for everyone? I'm going to put them in the description of the podcast as well. But why don't you rattle them off before we sign off? Okay, um, Instagram and YouTube are both Christina Sherilyn, um, and then Poshmark is Little Black Hanger without the vowels. Love it. So, love it, love it, love <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right, everyone, make sure you go follow Christina if you don't already. Uh, go give her YouTube channel. Um, a Go subscribe is what I meant to go say. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel <laughs> if you don't already. 
go watch her videos because they're really, really great. And uh, yeah, Lori and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Good night.